Welcome to yet another episode of Head Start by Headspace. Today I'm joined with Shenzhen and our guest speaker Neil. Hey Neil, how are you? Hey, I've been better. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said that because nobody. Yeah, like not many people are willing to openly admit that. Hey, I'm not doing the best, and it's okay to say I've been better, which is something we might cover later、uh, on this podcast. Um, so, so Neil, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm 21. I finished an undergrad studying psychology, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I want to be a psychologist in the near future. Cool, cool. So he's one of our closest friends, and today we're going to be talking to you all about stigma and and how there's so much stigma in mental health and mental illness. At least in my community, that's that's for a fact. I come from a really Conservative Asian background,、um, more specifically Indian, and、um, mm. talking about something like this—it's—it's it's very, very hard to do so、mm. with with close ones. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I've had similar experience because I'm obviously from a similar background. I'm from Pakistan, so I've had when I initially moved to Australia, there was definitely a lot of stigmatization, discrimination involved. It's an and it's a journey to kind of fit in, and all of what comes with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so for our like listeners who probably are new to this whole mental illness journey and stigma itself, do we have a definition of what stigma actually really is? Yeah, I feel like it's very different for every person. Because obviously people from different backgrounds, and it's not just stigmatization based on culture or where you're from. It's there's also stigmas around what kind of person you are, and people discriminate your personality, and this, it can go on. The list goes on. So I think it's really dependent on the person.、Um, yeah. I think the easiest way to define it is pretty much like it's a negative stereotype. It's a way that people see、mm. a group of people or. Something in a negative light because if you say stigma, it's always going to be negative. Yeah,、it、can't be positive. So it's just another way for stereotype. Yeah,、I、that、guess. would be the generic definition for it, but specifically, of course. Yeah,、it's. yeah. So it's like just that feeling of shame,、mm. and it just really just revolves around that, and then you're literally stuck in like a a dark closet. Yeah. Well, at least I know I am. I'm、yeah. not going to lie. Like I don't know who to talk to、mm-hmm. about this, and. There is a lot of there's a lot of prejudice. You feel uncomfortable、mm-hmm. talking about it with people because it's not talked about. Yeah, it's just really awkward. Yeah. Do you have like examples of recent times you felt that stigmatization come to life in a sense? I mean, is, isn't that something that we go through on a daily?、Yeah. On a daily, even from like when we were a child,、yeah. like if if. You had the an iPhone,、mm. and then you rocked up with a Nokia.、Mm. You're automatically the loser. Yeah, it's and you kind of just group mentality. Yeah, it's just tired. Like you're the weird one. Like, yeah, and you just and then throughout your whole life, it's like, well, I want to fit in, and I want to,、mm. you know, be a part of something, and you just don't realize that standing out is. Is one of the best options. Best things. Yeah, and I think you realize that over time when you grow older. I think when you're young and vulnerable, it's hard to be that person who stands out because you don't even have your self awareness or 
um, self-esteem ready yet to a point where you're okay being different. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely something that will hopefully continue getting better over time. Um, yeah. And there's so much confusion. This mm-hmm. is around this whole situation because not everybody has that understanding. They're lacking that understanding. Um, like, if we were to be just have an open, honest conversation with someone that we don't really tend to have that conversation with that person and really just let other people hear that, hey, I'm talking about depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and it's okay. Like, for example, if, if we just go to, like, Starbucks and just openly have a conversation about LGBTI mm-hmm. and just make it known because it's so out there. Yeah, I feel like... Um when people think of certain groups, like LGBTIQ yeah. groups, and they, it's all isolated in their different environments, I think if we bring it into just like regular everyday lives, it will become more normalised. Exactly. It's just annoying that everything's just grouped and isolated in their own bubble and it's not like a re- occurring thing in everyday life. I think it should be an everyday life type of conversation. Um I also have an example of um, people combating their stereotypes because I went to this um, storytelling event last week. Um, it um, was hosted by Road to Refuge where people who were refugees came and kind of told their stories and how the, all the stereotypes that they had to face, um, majority of them were Palestinian or Syrian, and so they were just... Um, the main questions they got asked was, oh, did he come by boat or did he come by plane? And mm-hmm. do you speak English? Or pretty much just the those basic questions that are thrown at people mm-hmm. um, that are refugees and so forth a lot of the time. And they were standing there telling their story and they were combating those stereotypes, which was really, really cool to see. And I think we need more, more of that. Yeah. No, yeah, that's really interesting you said that because in our society we really tend to emphasise on the differences mm. rather than the similarities and people are just out there to attack yeah. others. But knowing that now, at least in the 21st century, that mental illness and, and mental health, and just, just it's out there and mm, it's, it's everywhere. It, it's in law cases, it's in court cases, it's it's out, it's in newspapers. Mm. Do you think sig- the, the, the whole idea around stigma is starting to change? I think, yeah, I think we've made an effort, even not just now, I think we tried to make an effort years ago, um, but I think definitely there's a more prominent change that's occurring in our society now mm. um, where the young people are speaking out a lot more. I think there's that movement and that change where young people's voices are actually heard a lot more than, let's say, 10 years ago where they were just seen as young, dumb, irresponsible yeah. kids. I think people are looking at us as more responsible than even the adults nowadays, I'd say. Yeah. I think um, ignorance plays a large role in it as well because mm-hmm. these people that doesn't know about our differences, it's not because they choose not to. It's because they just don't know yeah, things true. about it. There's not much. Imagine our parents' generations. They don't know anything about mental health <laughs> because it wasn't... Emphasised. Yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. highlighted when they were growing up. They were thought about different things, things that they needed to do to survive. Mm. And, yeah, pretty much. So if we have this information that we have now through the internet and through people talking... Resources and so Yeah, we, if we can educate people, I think 
they'll be more likely to talk about it mm-hmm. and to yeah. be more open. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you touched on education. Going around that, do we see any any solutions to change to changes? What what could be like the first proactive steps mm-hmm. or measures we can take towards reducing stigmatization, especially around mental mm-hmm. health? I think one of the things, especially the headspace is also doing, is going to schools and having talks and educating younger kids on on discrimination and just generally mental health. Um, I remember when I was in school and we had, it was rare that we had those kind of people come in and give, give us those kind of talks. Maybe once we did towards year 12 where the stress piled up and they thought, okay, now is a good time to have that kind of talk. And that was really helpful to get me out of my anxious bubble um but we need a lot more of those um but that's definitely something we can implement in the education system um just have more of those talks people come out yeah yeah it's it's like a cycle there's there's the shame and then that leads to silence and then then that also would lead to like things like self-destructive behaviors or just Mm -hmm. you know yeah, it just because you just you just bottled it up within you. Yeah, and you, you're expected to just speak to a professional. Like, why mm-hmm. can't I speak to my mom or my dad? Or mm-hmm. if not, like, if your parents are understanding, then why can't I speak to to my friends about this? Yeah, because not everyone, not everyone knows. has that kind of social circle. But that's a good point that's brought up. Like, what do you do in times of, I guess, when you're struggling um, from mental health issues or stigmatization what who do you go to personally personally uh, to be fair I, I'm not gonna lie I, I don't really talk to very many people about mm-hmm. anything that's going on with me I tend to keep it to but, myself yeah um, why do you think that's the case because is it like you're scared or you're embarrassed or it's too much effort to bring out those feelings it's all of that. It's all it's, of the It's yeah, genuinely all that. of that. <laughs> I get that. Everything. Um, but one thing that I do really, do really emphasize on, like, to myself is self-care. Mm-hmm. And it's self-care isn't what social media shows, like, checking a face mask on your face mm-hmm. for 10 minutes and posting a selfie saying self-care. Yeah, that's no, not self-care. Like, that's... I think it really needs to be, the, like, the importance and significance of self-care. Like, I really encourage everyone to go out and read articles from professionals because there's so much out there on self-care. Mm-hmm. And the actions that you can actually take to for the betterment of yourself. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, because when we had a meeting last week, we had someone come in um, who was doing their honest thesis on how... Mm-hmm. Um, Physical activity can really help a person's mental state and they're, they're trying to gather that kind of data. And so there's a lot of those kind of studies out there too because um, she mentioned that a lot of people do know the benefit, like that physical activity can help you going through a negative experience or time, but we don't know how or why. And I think that would be important in reading those articles to actually get that kind of information because then you actually are more motivated motivated to kind of go out and do that rather than just be like oh yeah it helps oh yeah I might I might mm-hmm. start going to the gym or something like that yeah so so what does self-care actually mean to us because I know I said that you mm-hmm. can't just chuck a face mask on your face and everyone's just yeah like, 
probably like, okay, if that's not self-care, then what is self-care? Yeah. So I think that example you gave, like it, it is a type of self-care, but it's more external, more on like a shallow basis. It's not mm-hmm. going to really help your insecurities internally. Um, what I've been trying to do recently, um, especially when I feel discriminated against or things like that, I think having a conversation with your parents is really important because if anyone's gone through <laughs> discrimination and stigmatization, it's your parents. They're, at least for me, my parents came here and I don't know how it is for you guys, like, but we were the first kind of generation yeah, yeah, in that sense. Yeah, like, same, yeah. So they, they would have experienced the most. And so yeah. then they kind of just talk to you about how they got over it. And you know what? Sadly, a lot of, a lot of the times what happens is assimilation and we just kind of blend into the normal culture of Australia, for example, because we feel more comfortable that way. Um, So I don't know if that's like a solution, just getting assimilated into the culture, but that's kind of what my parents have done and that made it easier for them. Um, Obviously, everyone is on their individual dream, but that was, yeah, conversation with the parents, number one thing. What about you, Neil? At the end of it all, I think it's just about doing something that you like because you're doing it for yourself, not for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Because if you do something that you enjoy, like you're going to be in the moment, you're going to be there. Mm-hmm. And even for that brief moment, you're going to not forget per se, mm-hmm. but put away your, put aside your worries mm-hmm. for a bit and then you can just be in the moment, have fun and enjoy. So for me, like... If I go and play an instrument like a piano or the guitar, mm-hmm. my mind is pretty much just on the music, the notes, what I'm doing, what I'm playing. And at that point, like you forget things that you're supposed to remember. So you don't get too caught up in your own thoughts. You don't get too caught up in what you're trying to do, what happened in the past and what's going to happen in the future. You're just there. You're enjoying something. You're doing it just for the sake of doing it. So if you have something that you care about, like a hobby, anything small or big, as long as you're doing it for yourself and you're doing it just for the sake of doing it, mm-hmm. it should be fine. It should help. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's essentially just, just actions that you will take, whatever it is, for the betterment of your, like to reach an optimal physical, mm-hmm. mental health. And it's just a dimension of, of its own. Yeah. Um, yeah, I read an article the other day actually where they said only 5% of individuals with chronic um, health conditions do self care. And five percent is barely That's nothing. Anything. That's nothing. Yeah. That's probably because they get caught too caught up with their problems, and mm. they don't want to take time for themselves because they're yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, but that's another thing to mention as well is your mindset while you're going through these things because it's easy to say, "Oh, do something for yourself," but it's hard to actually find go out and find something and do something for yourself. Um, and I think a lot of people on that journey um, are finding that for themselves. Um, it's, it is it is a hard process. It is. You, as Neil mentioned, you have to kind of get out of that negative mental state. As we say, like people just go into that negative feedback loop and they, just, they tend to dwell and they just stay in that. Um, and it is hard to get out of that. It, it truly is. But mm. you just have to keep on pushing and know that there's better days ahead. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's on us to bring a change, whether it's to yourself or whether it's just a stigma on its own. Mm. Because also going back to when we said 
talking about it, reducing the shame, reducing the guilt, reducing the silence. Um, that's a small step on its own, but it's a step nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's something that I feel we should genuinely all work on. Yeah. That grounds you and what connects you to your culture and how do you feel more connected to your culture than, let's say, Australian culture? It's more so because I'm surrounded by it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that I have to, to practice and preach all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Australian culture to me, it's it, it's different. it's different. Like oh, it's very different. very different. And and hundred percent, it's not something that I can adapt to, and I don't think I will. Mm-hmm. Like because I'm I'm just who I am yeah. with my yeah with my family. So for you, it's a lot family based. It's a lot family based, which and makes sense. And every culture, like for sure, is different. Every yeah, the way everyone expresses who they are is different. But for me, where I am from and where I'm coming from mm-hmm. is, has a strong culture has a strong role. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. For sure. My identity is revolving around my culture. Mm -hmm. For me, it's slightly different because um, my stepdad is from the US. Obviously, that's more, you know, Western culture, which is more in line with Australian values. And so that over time kind of um, not pushed me away, but I just wandered off from more of my cultural and Pakistani kind of roots and found myself aligning more with the Western. ideologies and like values and so forth so I think yeah it's a lot to do with what you're surrounded by and I think yeah my dad plays a major role in me kind of wearing off on that path um I still have obviously an innate connection to my cultural roots um and and um I think part of it part of the things that that culture taught me will never leave me um and not to say my culture is more introverted because that's not what it is but for me how it made me was more of a self-conscious person because um not to say it's not specifically my culture but I'll just speak to the people I was surrounded by in, in my life um um you had to be really careful of what you're doing and right. how you present yourself and how you speak and how you talk and all of those things made me a very self-conscious person. So I think that will always stay with me. And, and I had to say that that's a negative thing, but that's one of the things that will always stay with me that's turned me more into a more conservative in that sense or more, more of an introvert in that sense where I'm not able to openly and just go up to strangers and talk to them as easily as someone else would um, who's brought up here because um, I have self-doubts and I just overthink everything right. because of because of what I learned from my culture in my in, in my experience. So yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a tough one. No, yeah, because I, I completely agree. Like everything has to be done apologetically. I could I can't do anything yeah. unapologetically. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can't yeah. just because it, it is collectivist, right? So we have to think about others before we ourselves, whereas Australia is more individualistic. Um culture what about you Neil how would you say if you, if you compare the western mm. culture with the eastern culture 
the reason why they have so much emphasis on mental illness and mental care is because in their culture, individualism is very emphasized. So if they, if it start off with something small, something that is inconvenient, they can't really do anything about it because they're not um, encouraged to help out. They're not encouraged to seek help from anyone. If you look at Eastern cultures, Asian people, you look at your culture, you guys, Indians, mm -hmm. we do everything together. Community is a very big thing. We eat together, we sleep together, we pray together. It's something that is encouraged. So if something's wrong, everyone will try to help you. Like you can just go to your grandparents or to your parents and they would try the best to tell you what to do. That's why mm -hmm. there's that focus on family. But if you look at Western cultures, they're not as close, they're not as tight-knit. Kids, nice. kids are encouraged to leave their houses when they I hit 18. Mm. There's that independence factor to it. Mm. Because what all three of us is over 18, and if I had to leave my house, I have no clue what, what I'm going to do, <laughs> yeah. where I'm going to live, how I'm going to live. Yeah. So I think that plays a big role into it. Because when kids turn 18, when kids turn legal in Western cultures, it feels like they have to know everything. And we all know they don't. It's difficult. And, yeah, it's just a sign of weakness if you seek help. That's what normalised is. Yeah. So to raise awareness and, and really bring stigma to the light, what's, what's one major takeaway lesson for today that we can give our listeners? Um, for me, as I mentioned earlier, I think um, hosting a lot of conversation or storytelling nights, I think it's really, really good to listen, not just from our own culture, but um, other people's culture, like, um, because we have a lot to learn. We don't know everything, and I think it's good to learn about every culture, um, just promoting conversations, and um, that's the best way in my eyes to learn and educate as well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and like I said before, every culture is different. Yeah. But you need to start with the language you speak from. Start somewhere. Start start with the community that you're from, and just speak from your from your heart. Mm -hmm. Anger and frustration, I know it doesn't get you anywhere. So, yeah. Um, just be genuine and and just say what what's truly on, on your mind, and that's a step forward. Mm -hmm. I think we should. We need to actually have honest conversations with people that doesn't know anything about mental illness because that's pretty much what's causing all of this. It's the uh, ignorance. It's the ignorance. It's not like they're choosing to. It's not a physical problem. They think that it doesn't matter at all. So if you just teach them, have an open conversation, they could change their mind. Yeah, absolutely. I think also just one thing I want to add is if people are wondering how, how and when am I going to have these conversations, you don't have to make go to a big event and talk to a lot of people. I think it just starts by talking just to one small. person. Yeah. You're sitting next to someone, and I know it's nerve-wracking because it's hard for me to just talk to someone's random as well. But um, just start with a hi, hello, and then if that conversation goes down, and usually people do ask where are you from? Yeah. They do ask that question, um, especially if you look ethnic in any way, they're going to ask that question. I think you can 
you can have that conversation from that point onwards. Um, so don't be scared to do that. And you always only make your way up. Exactly. So always yeah. growing. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Shamsay. No worries. Thank you, Neil, for coming in today. It's okay. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next time. If you by any chance felt distressed after listening to this podcast, we encourage you to contact any of the following numbers. eHeadspace 1-800-650-890, Beyond Blue 1-300-224636, Kids Helpline 1-800-55-1800, Lifeline 1-3-1144. Please note these are Australian-based contact numbers only, if by any chance you felt distressed and you're living outside of Australia, we encourage you to contact any of your mental health providers or the local GP.